Hello and welcome to this PSG Think Big series podcast. In this program, Alicia Sekum speaks to Cas Kuvadia about the future of youth employment. Hello and welcome to the Think Big series brought to you by PSG. The series is a collection of dialogues with leading speakers and its aim is to bring its audiences independent insights that help them formulate their own opinions on some of our country's most pressing issues. Today, we have South Africa's youth unemployment rate in focus. The unemployment rate in this category sits in excess of 66% and needs urgent address. But the challenges when it comes to creating youth employment are vast. So what have we learned from the Yes for Youth initiative in particular, as far as overcoming the challenges is concerned? And quite frankly, has it had much success in starting to close the gap? Because simply put, no society can expect to grow, let alone thrive, when the majority of its young people are out of work. Joining me in conversation today is Cass Kavadia, Cass started as CEO of BUSA on the 1st of April 2020 after retiring as MD of the Banking Association of South Africa. He was instrumental in positioning BASA as a credible voice for the banking industry as well as one of the country's leading business organizations. He's the chairperson of the National Business Initiative, sits on the Council of Wits University and on the board of the Center for Development and Enterprise and his non-executive director at Yes for Youth as well. So Cass, thanks so much for joining us today. And I've got to start off with letting you know that so far in the series, we have looked at South Africa's overall unemployment crisis, but where we're battling against two out of every three South African youths being unemployed, what in your mind are the top three challenges when it comes to connecting youth to economic opportunity. Thanks, Alicia, and thank you for the opportunity. Um, look, the first response to that question has got to be something that we as business have been sort of seeing as our mantra, I guess, in our discussion with government. And that is that if we want to connect youth or anybody else to growth opportunities, we've got to grow. And so the first issue is the broad issue of creating an environment for investment and growth. Without growth, we can't create jobs and, and we can't create the opportunities that the young people need. Secondly, I think that we need to ensure that we are collaborating between business, government and academia to ensure that the young people we are turning out from universities as well as technical colleges and so on, colleges, actually meet the requirements of a new economy. And, and the, the reality is that we're moving toward the digitalized type of economy. Uh, we, we're moving towards different, there are different challenges in the economy and we need the appropriate skills to actually serve that economy. And then thirdly is, is to have a more sort of multifaceted approach towards this. So it's not just putting young people into jobs, it's also creating an environment where young people can begin to look at going into their own businesses, creating an environment for small, medium enterprise development, uh, so that young people who have the entrepreneurial flair 
and the entrepreneurial sort of vision can get into business and create jobs themselves. Okay, so you've highlighted then three bridges that need to be built before being able to cross them. In this context, Cass, how much success, how much of a dent to the youth unemployment crisis has the YES initiative made over uh, the three years into things that it's been now, bearing in mind that this is not just a youth initiative? Yeah, so, so I, I think if you compare the numbers of jobs or job opportunities that YES has created since its inception to the challenges we have, it's a drop in the ocean. Uh, I, I'm of the view that at the time we launched, yes, the sort of targets we set for it were quite honestly unrealistic. I think that there was this uh, hype of a million jobs a year at that time, and that hype got into the sort of narrative, and that's what we set a target for yes to do. Uh, remember, yes was originated through the CEO initiative at a time the country was in serious and dire straits after Zuma had fired the Minister of Finance and so on. And the CEO initiative got together and, and we decided to launch YES as a youth uh, employment program. Uh, when we started looking at this, it became quite clear that we couldn't create a million jobs a year. Uh, not because of lack of effort, but because the environment just wasn't there for us to do so. So, YES has essentially created just under 80,000 work experiences since its inception. Uh, and and uh, in the three and a half years of operation, but it's resulted in over four and a half billion rand injected into the economy as a result. Of it, right? So, these are in the broader scheme of things, small numbers. Yeah. And, and, and as I said, I think the target originally was not realizable. I think it was ambitious and it wasn't informed by any real work done. Mm -hmm. uh, what we've achieved to date, remember that we also lost two years during COVID. Mm -hmm. All right, and, 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 and the mm -hmm. level of activity went down, businesses were taking on less people, businesses were closed. Uh, we, our projections coming forward, going forward, uh, the year end of 2022 was actually a record year for this, was 25,300 jobs created. Uh, so the trend seems to be going up, even though the economy is still pretty weak. But there is, I think, an appreciation amongst corporates that the more young people we train, the better platform we are developing for uh, uh, skills in a growing economy as an growing economy. Yes, and you know, as much as you talk about on the one side of the equation, the bath expectation of having been set a little bit too high. On the flip side of that on, and on the other side of the equation, I wanted to get to whether there is this realization starting to hit that breaking the experience trap is in fact a business imperative. Yeah, I think there is that realization. And, and what one of the things that the YES program does is also addresses that experience trap. The fact that youth are placed in, in corporates, the fact that youth are 
given the experience of how corporates work and how they should relate to corporates, begins to address that so that in, in, in getting into the economy and as the economy grows, these young people have developed some experience. They are in a better position to actually get full-time full -time jobs. Uh, they begin to understand the corporate environment. And, 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 and I think this is one of the roles that YES plays. We also, as I said earlier, we need different types of skills. So it's not just about the experience you may be able to develop in the current economy. We need to actually develop those skills for a new economy. And, and there's very little, very few people with the necessary experience for that new economy. And we're going to have to develop that experience as we go along. Not by not giving people jobs, but by giving people jobs and having the necessary support systems in place to enable them to actually grow in those jobs. Lifelong learning sort of mechanisms so that people actually grow in their jobs, develop experience in their jobs. And, and that's the way we're going to actually tackle this issue. Initially, though, Cass, it was a pretty bitter pill uh, for corporates to swallow because no organization wants to be paying for inadequate skill that won't immediately start bringing in reward to the organization's overall productivity and so uh, competitiveness in the market as well. So private sector did need some incentivizing here to include young people in the economy, uh, you know, by offering these job opportunities, no matter the qualification. What are some of the incentives on the table beyond the status of good corporate citizen? Well, the critical incentive has been that if you participate in the YES program, you get a notch up in your Black Economic Empowerment Rating, your broad-based Black Economic Empowerment Rating. And that is a significant incentive, given the fact that businesses uh, value a higher rating in the, on the B scorecard because that enables them to actually uh, increase the opportunities of doing business, particularly with government, but also increases the opportunity of doing business with, in, in a more broader transformative way. So that's, that's undoubtedly a critical incentive. But I think, I think the other sort of softer incentives, if you like, are that we, we continuously say that we don't have the necessary skills in the economy. We don't have the necessary skills coming through. I think if you take a longer term, more sustainable approach towards business and the way businesses should be operating in South Africa, then I think the incentive is that you are developing the skills that you will need once the economy starts picking up. And remember that in the midst of all of this, we are working very hard as business organizations with government mm. to try and create an environment for investment and put our country onto a sustainable growth path, without which none of this is sustainable, by the way. Yes, yeah. or anything else. So I think there is that incentive to say that, and, and it's a global trend to have a more sustainable approach toward business, where you actually don't just, it's not just profits, and it's not just shareholder value, it's broader so, stakeholder value. So, so Cass, beyond the 12-month period, once the experience trap is broken, 
how many of those are actually being converted to long-term jobs, sustained employment? Yeah, so look, I, I, I don't have those figures on me, but if I remember correctly, it's about 30 to 35%. Uh, it's and, and how are you measuring the impact the initiative's having on a candidate's employability once they've been through the program? Well, the yes has established a mechanism uh, through through technology to keep in touch with every student and every graduate that they are placing in corporates. Uh, they yes communicates with them regularly via uh, cell phones and mobile technology. They keep on top of how they are progressing. They get reports on how they are progressing, not just from those people that they place, but from the corporates themselves. So there's a, a significantly uh, uh, strong and electronically based monitoring and tracking system that gives us uh, sufficient data to enable us to actually make that call. Yeah. Cass, what this does is, in fact, put the spotlight on the kind of upskilling that is happening once the opportunity is created. So talk us through some of the mechanisms business is employing to assist in effectively upskilling the youth within that 12-month window? And look, I think it will, it, it will be different mechanisms for different businesses, okay? So, so depending on the sort of business you are in, uh, most of those businesses would have, in the normal run of things, uh, training and development mechanisms and strategies in place for their staff. And, and they will utilize similar, if not the same technologies uh, and methodologies to actually develop these young people. They'll, they'll place them with appropriate full-time staff. They'll have people mentor them. They'll, they'll provide the necessary technical technical knowledge and expertise. So it's a, it's a broad range of things. We, we also, uh, I mean, if you know the YES program well, there are a number of corporates that just don't have the sort of business models to take in the numbers of people that we would like them to take in. And so we also have a mechanism where we can then place excess use that corporates pay for in NGOs and community-based organizations and so on. So I think through that, we are also developing a more rounded sort of person, uh, people who understand the importance of working in NGOs, the role of NGOs and community-based organizations in developing societies and growing societies. Yeah. So those skills are very, very important. And I think that what comes out of all of this is a more rounded person who understands the environment in which business needs to operate in South Africa and the sort of corporate citizenship and sustainable role that business needs to play. Talking about that operating environment, Cass, COVID's changed the world of work considerably, right? So how much trickier has onboarding candidates become? Because with work from home becoming part of the new reality on many fronts, it has to have triggered a few changes to how that empowerment or how that workplace-based learning is happening right now. Yeah, so again, I, I think that, as you say, COVID has changed the workplace. And, and as corporates and as employers are adapting to that. So there's 
there's different ways of working, uh, some working from home and at the office, some coming back to the office, uh, different ways of tracking performance and so on. And, and these students that are actually placed in corporates will fall into that. So corporates will create opportunities for students to work from home, to work virtually, uh, to ensure that they have the tools to do so. Uh, the fact that we are projecting and 20, 2022 has been a pretty good year and we're projecting increases in placement in the next few years demonstrates that while in the midst of COVID we had a downturn, it's now beginning to pick up and actually pick up substantially more than it was pre-COVID. And, and that demonstrates to us that corporates are in adjusting in a, to COVID and a new way of working are incorporating uh, uh, the assimilation of these the young people into the adjusted ways of working. So they are actually taking in more young people. So that demonstrate to us certainly that, that they are adjusting to COVID is not having a negative impact, but a positive impact on place. We always try to reconcile, um, you know, these successes, even though they are small and a drop in the ocean, as you highlighted at the top, uh, Cass, with the rampant unemployment rate we, we look at, right, and the headlines that are being made. But what the disparity does is highlight the huge supply side overflow and the limited demand side, either as a result of opportunities not matching the available skill sets that young people have, or uh, like you highlighted, private sector just not having the capacity to create all of these jobs. So how are you working around this? And now I'm talking beyond incentives on the table in terms of BE structures, you know, for private sector to increase demand. Is there a working around this where economic growth isn't coming through uh, nearly as fast as it needs to? Well, economic growth is not coming through as fast as it as fast as it needs to, and ultimately, if, and as I said right at the beginning, that that is the critical issue. Ultimately, corporates, without any growth and without government in particular creating an environment for investment on the back of which we grow this economy, corporates will reach a saturation point. Uh, uh, because there comes a point where there's a tipping point where if businesses businesses just aren't growing, they let alone taking on students in the form that yes, yes, is programmed to do, they will not take on more full-time people, and and it will have a negative impact on employment. So, so I think that corporates will continue to come to the party to the extent they can, but they. But we need to be realistic about this. At the end of the day, the role of a corporate, the role of a business is to grow its business, is to, on the back of that growth, employ people, train people for different types of, of work. But if that business is not growing, as there's no prospect of growth in the foreseeable future, then corporates will reach a saturation point. So the- So, so how much room Sorry to interrupt, Cass, but how much room is there then for, you know, an increased synchronization between 
the objectives of the YES initiative and the corporate sector. And I ask this question in the context of, you know, the focus being very much on the combating of unemployment, and rightly so, but is there enough of a focus on meeting what's important to the company, as you've highlighted? No, absolutely. So, so I mean, in, in ES's discussion with the company, this isn't this isn't uh, sort of nice nice to have and not not to 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 demean CSI activities at all. But this is about business. This is about what adds value to that corporate. It's not going out to the corporate with a begging bowl. It, the discussion with the corporate is these placements add value to your business, number one, add value to your to what you offer, number two, and enable you to be a good corporate citizen given that we need to train these people, okay? So, so absolutely, and not just synchronization between the YES program and the corporate sector, but if you look at the YES board, you have people from the presidency sitting on the board, people from the treasury sitting on the board. So you also synchronize between what YES is doing and what government needs to do from a policy environment point of view to enable YES to become more impactful and to get to scale. Yeah. So, so it, it needs to be a virtual circle between business, government, and what YES is doing if this is going to be sustainable in the long term. So Cass, is there then a broadening of the incentive parameters as well? Because we look at the, you know, the points that uh, business can gain from a BE standpoint, but what about thinking around integrating all of this into businesses' sustainability strategies, you know, with SDG, ESG principles being at the forefront? What's some of the innovation or the thinking that could be happening there? Yeah, so this this is a discussion on the yes board meeting and and that we need to move beyond the b rating and sdgs as you is one area the fact that we we we're going into you know uh, sustainable energy and cleaner energy the fact that manufacturing processes will change as as the the we we move through climate change and we move into uh, just transition pathways to manage our move towards towards sustainable and clean energy. Uh, we 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 want to continue to promote our service services industry, and that needs different skills. So so I think that you know we when in the midst of COVID as a business for South Africa, we put into place a or we we presented an a an economic growth strategy post-COVID. We didn't present a strategy to just grow our economy. We presented a strategy to reposition our economy. Yeah. And post-COVID, we do need to reposition that economy, not just from a transformation point of view and inclusivity point of view, but COVID has changed international trade relations. Countries have, be have become more nationalistic in their approaches. Uh, and all of that needs to be factored in, in how we grow our economy, what sort of skills we need, and how corporate government and government in particular, together with labor, need to work together to enable all of that to happen. So I think in YES's discussions, we need to look at what opportunities the new way of doing business presents, what opportunities 
the new economy presents both from a 4R technology point of view, but from the point of view of managing climate change, moving from fossil fuel to cleaner energy, all of those need to be taken into account as we develop YES's program to be far more broad-based and the incentives yeah. to be informed more by the different type of economy that is beginning to present itself, the role of business in that economy, and it has to go beyond just the BEs corporate. So that being said then, Cass, does that give the call from solidarity, for example, you know, looking to open the job creation program to all races more impetus? Is that up you know, it does that become, um, you know, more of a call with merit? Because that on the one side, but it comes up against the question from an audience member today asking, how do we then restructure the economy to reduce inequality? Yeah, so, so I, I think we, we need to be frank about, about these sorts of issues. You, the bottom line is that the majority of unemployed people are Black people. The majority of young people that cannot get employment, even today, are Black people, right? Now, there are multifaceted reasons for this, but if we don't address that, if we don't get more Black people into employment, if we don't get more young Black people into employment, into training, we can't build a sustainable economy, right? Now, that does not mean that we should discriminate in a way that is antithetical to our constitution against other races. We need to, if we're serious about a non-racist society, then we need to create opportunities for everybody, but we need to also be absolutely frank about what some of our history has left us and what we haven't actually succeeded in doing post-democracy has left us. And that is a growing pool of young Black people that need to be accommodated. And we need to do that in a way. And as, you know, white South Africans and other South Africans, we need to begin to internalize that it is in the interest of all of us, it's in the national interest to ensure that as many of our people are employed, as many of our young people are trained, and, and the demographics just say that the majority of those are Black people. So in, in Yes's sort of move toward the broader way of doing things, incentivizing this differently among corporate and so on, we need to, of course, we, 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 we need to, the Black economic empowerment part of it will concentrate on Black youth, but the new economy will demand skills coming from all parts of society. And Absolutely. we need to actually rise to that challenge. So Cass, which sectors is YES finding its higher degree of uh, success in and why is that the case? And before you answer that, I want to tag on to that just to take things a step further. When it comes to providing feedback uh, to tertiary institutions, are corporates playing enough of a role through the provision uh, you know, of data to the sector so that we can start to unpack where learning is in fact leading to jobs or not for that matter? Well, look, let me answer the last one first. I, I know because I, I served on the board of Wits Business School, I served on the Council of Wits mm -hmm. uh, 
corporates and, and universities are interacting significantly today to actually ensure that, that there's ongoing exchange of ideas, data, to ensure that we actually turn out people for the new economy. I think that's improving significantly. As far as the sector goes, the percentage of jobs created between November 21 and April 22, the wholesale and retail trade repairs of motor vehicles, motorcycles, significant amount of jobs, okay? Then manufacturing, then other service activity, then financial and insurance activity, information and communication. Those five probably cater for about 70% of the jobs created. We, we have a lot of work to do in mining and quarrying still, and that's a significant area of focus for yes at the moment. Human health and social work activities, electricity, gas, and, and so on, which will be, I think we need to focus on given the, the movement towards cleaner energy. Uh, so, so those are our focus, but the five I've mentioned cater for about 70% of the jobs created. Right at the top, Cass, you alluded to supportive policy coming into play. Yes, is a business-led NPO that works in partnership with government and labor to initiate these policy changes, uh, you know. So what's happening, if anything, at a policy level right now? Yeah, look, so business and government are engaging significantly at the moment. Uh, you have seen some reports in the media about the social compact and so on, but that's a medium-term goal. But we are talking bilaterally to government. We are meeting regularly. We've identified critical interventions that need to be made to actually get investment and growth going. And we hope that we do make progress in that. Uh, I, I think that we have to be on the same page between business, government, and labor that we need to create jobs. And, and it's not an ideological issue in my view. It's a, it's, it's a very real issue that you're not gonna create jobs without growth. Yeah. And so, so we just need to get, get be a past the ideology. We need to understand we're in the same boat and we need to progress the policy issue as quickly as possible. Yeah. And to conclude, I mean, the question the viewer asked today on how we structure the economy to reduce inequality is, in fact, an important one. It's critical because there are just so many systemic challenges to youth employment. Do you think, Cass, that there's enough or clear enough roadmap for holistic interventions, you know, trying to get to the root causes of the issue where we're actually tackling the, the entire ecosystem? Because if there isn't, then surely we're missing the point, you know, entirely to hit long-term objectives here. Look, I, I think we all, I think there is a coming together of the minds on what the root cause problems are. I mean, you know, you don't, it's not rocket science. Our education system needs serious work, right? Uh, uh, our training colleges need serious work. A uh, number of our universities need serious work. So, so the whole education sort of architecture needs serious work. Now that the issue is, do we have the 
It's not even the wherewithal, but do we have the commitment? And these things all sit in the in the public sector. Yeah. Uh, and do we have the commitment and the sense of urgency in the public sector to actually grasp the nettle now and take some hard decisions that need to be taken? And, and that means how are we going to actually divvy up the public resources we have? How are we going to call people to account and make sure there's consequence management for lack of performance? How are we going to ensure that we root out and continue to root out the corruption? Now, these are all the big issues that if we don't tackle and if we don't tackle with the sense of urgency that's needed, we're not going to deal with those underlying issues. But we all know what the underlying issues are, and we need to stop pretending that we don't. So with that uh, reality standing starkly in front of you, with the realization that initial targets may have been uh, a little too lofty at the start, what's, your, what's the, the target for the YES initiative a year from now? Well, as I said, we, we think that we've had a good year in 2022. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we are projecting uh, that, that in, for, for 2022, we created 25,300 jobs. Uh, we, we believe that in the next couple of years, we would increase that and we would aim for creating about 30, 35,000 jobs per year. Again, uh, dropping the ocean, but, but uh, that's the projections and Hopefully, if we really make a dent on the economic growth side, then that will figure go up. Absolutely, Cass. Let's leave it there. Thanks so much for having joined us today. We'll be keeping an eye on uh, that year-end target and the extent to which business participation increases, of course, as economic growth starts ticking again, albeit uh, very slowly. To our viewers, thank you for watching. And remember, this webinar will be available via podcast. The series is free, it's shareable, it's open to anyone interested, whether you're a PSG client or not. The social media campaign is hashtag ThinkBigPSG. So do engage with us. We welcome your feedback always. Until we catch up with the next speaker on the Think Big series lineup, it's bye for now.